Welcome to a dose of sugar water. I want to tell a quick story, and as you can see from the title of this live, is about how a false narrative develops. Um, so I'm going to tell the story, and I want you guys to see how this kind of plays out. So there's four brothers. There's four brothers, and the youngest brother is. Uh, he's the shorter of the of his other three brothers, of the four boys. And his brothers tease him on occasion about his height because, you know, everybody else is, you know, stands pretty tall. Uh, in fact, uh, they tease him so much to the point that they say things to the fact of, you know, uh, as long as you're with us, you're always going to be the last one to be picked out of the bunch because women like tall men, right? And uh, they teased him like that for, you know, the majority of his you know, young, younger part of his life. And when they were teenagers, as four young men, they went out to a dance, to a club, to a bar, whatever it is. So they're young teenagers, so they went out to a dance. While they're at this dance, they see this table of four women, four young ladies. The four brothers, of course, after teasing their younger brother, they all go over to the table to decide who's going to talk to whom, okay? Because it's four of them, and there's four young ladies at the table. And as they all walk over towards the table, the four, the other three brothers, you know, latch on to a female, one of the females at the table. There's one girl left, of course, for the fourth brother. Because of all the, of the teasing, the brother feels some type of way. So he kind of made this explanation, you know, kind of protect himself that, you know, I'm, nobody's interested in talking to, you know, talking to anybody. He kind of walks away, of course, leaving the fourth young lady at the table solo while her friends are entertained by the younger brother's brother, taller brothers. Okay. Fast forward 10 years. The young lady who was left out at the table believes that she is not as desirable as her friends. Now, of course, this young lady has no idea what happened with the young man who made the statement when she was a teenager. She don't understand how he was raised and the, the things that he was going through himself. So she don't know why he said what he said. She just know that he said it to her. And from that point up into the present, she still feels as if she's taking his words as fact. So she feels as if she is the less desirable person out of her group of friends. And she has attached that to her personality, which means when her and her friends went out from that day forward, forward of meeting the brothers, she was always kind of hanging behind, feeling as if she would be the one that wouldn't get picked. Of course, with her believing that, she took actions, or she did actions, consciously and unconsciously, that made that a fact. So thinking that she won't get picked, she made sure that she kept up a defense mechanism where she kind of defended herself before anyone was able to say anything um, that would put her down or lower her self-esteem even more. As a grown woman, she still makes decisions based on that one incident that happened when she was embarrassed as a teenager when all of her friends were approached by a guy and the brother who had issues of, of his own, had nothing to do with her, made a statement to protect himself 
However, she has used that. She has uh, attached herself to that statement. And she has moved on into her life and she has made decisions based on that feeling that she got that night as a teenager up through her adult life up to this present day, where she still feels as if she is not worthy of the quote unquote good matches. And in that feeling, in that conscious and unconscious thought pattern, she has done things to protect herself or as she feels it would protect her. So she would sabotage relationships before they got to a point where she felt someone would make her feel that way again. Now, the reason I wanted to tell that story is because there are so many of us operating in that space. We've taken something someone has said, not realizing where they were, and attached it to ourselves instead of realizing that when a person makes a statement, does a thing or or, 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 or action, it has nothing to do with us. It's always about that individual. However, we have taken so many other people's stuff and attached it to ourselves and in the present are making decisions based on that thing. I always talk about rewriting your narrative. I always talk about my 4R system to healing. And rewriting the narrative is very, very important. Now, of course, you have to recall that this took place. If you ask that young woman in that story, when was the point that she felt as if she wasn't worthy, she would remember that incident that happened when she was a young teenager. However, until that question is asked, you just go along with the decisions that you've been making from the past. So recall is very important. Being able to recall that this has actually happened, that you are actually basing the decisions that you make today on an action that happened in the past. Once you recall it, you have an opportunity to rewrite the narrative. Now, will this young lady ever be able to find that young man, young man again to find out why he said what he said? That may never happen. However, once she realizes that regardless of why he said it, that it had nothing to do with her, she can then rewrite that narrative. She can then understand that regardless of what he said or what he did, it had nothing to do with her. The decisions that she made inside of those uh, statements, inside of those actions, is made from a place of where she was at that time as a teenager, where she was mentally, emotionally, physically, wherever, whatever aspect of her life that was a part of that action that was taken, she made decisions based on where she was. Once you are able to pinpoint that action, pinpoint that incident, you can then rewrite your narrative. She can then like I said, once you recall that that even happened and then realize that you're making decisions based on that, you can then rewrite the narrative, which means she can then go. And like I said, you never have to ever find out why an individual did or said what they said or did. Only thing you need to know is it had nothing to do with you. Once you believe that and once you see that, you will be able to see 
point by point most of the decisions that you have made based on the statement of a, whether it was the young man as a teenager, which means you've been making your decisions based on the statement of a teenager, whether you're making your decisions based on the statement of a drug addict, whether you're making your decisions based on the actions of a molester, whether you're making your decisions based on the actions of a, an abuser or an abusee, whether you're making your decisions based on the actions of a second grader, as a group of second graders, whatever it is, you have the opportunity to rewrite your narrative and understand that the reason why you're making the decisions that you make has nothing to do with who you are in reality. That is the second step of the 4R healing process. Once you're able to rewrite your narrative, you can then release your attachment. Before you're able to release the attachment, you have to rewrite that narrative. You have to understand that it had nothing to do with you. You no longer have to hold yourself hostage. You no longer have to blame yourself for any of the decisions that you made. Now, I'm not saying that you can't, you don't take accountability for it because now you have to go through that. It's part of the healing process. But you understand at this point that the reason behind it, the reason behind it is not anything that no one else in this whole world has ever done. It's something that we all do, have done, are currently doing right now in the present. Once you release that attachment, this is the time when you start renewing who you are. This is where you start putting back into yourself, where you start loving yourself, where you have forgiven that younger child, that younger teenager, that young woman, that young man, or whatever it is, for um, um, you, you've, you've taken the blame from them because now you realize you're able to see it from a point that is separate from yourself. You're able to release it. And now it's time to feed yourself again. It's time to fill yourself back up again. And this is the 4R to my healing process. I know a lot of times, and I went a long way around of talking about how to start living your best life, how to start trusting your decisions, how to start recognizing healthy relationships and how to recognize those relationships that are not good for you. I've gone a long way around, basically in the explanation of telling you how you can uh, start making better decisions, decisions that you can trust, decisions that you can trust are for your better good, regardless of how it sounds in the world's ear, where you feel comfortable and confident in knowing that what you're hearing from your God speak is not going to lead you in the wrong direction that it's going to lead you in the direction that you need to go. And even if it feels a little funny in the beginning, you believe and you understand that your God speak is for the best. It's not there to harm you. It is only there to lead you through your pathway to your growth. Regardless of how you think that looked. There are so many things that happened in the past in all of our lives where we can look back and say, 
You know, now I understand why that happened. I understand why that had to happen. Because sometimes we have to go through stuff where it has to be snatched from us in order for us to redirect. Sometimes we have to bump up against that wall to be redirected. When you look back, there's always that that learning lesson, lesson when you're able to move on. When you say, now I understand why that happened. Now I understand why that had to happen. I understand that I would not have moved if this had not happened. I understand that I would have been in that same situation had they not dogged me out. I would be in that same situation had they not left me. I would have been in that same situation had they not. Whatever it was that happened, you will be able to see why. I mean, you're able to see why it happened. You can see a clear pathway. Now, you may not be able to see that final destination of where it's leading you, but you can understand how it's pushing you to where you are. When you understand that that is the case, the decisions that you make, you learn to trust. You learn to trust and you know. And when you, when you listen to your intuition, you listen to that God speak, you learn that that God speak is leading you in the direction you're supposed to go, regardless of how we feel about it right now in this time right here. It could be five minutes, it can be five months, it can be five years. Whatever it is, we know that it's happening for our best. It's happening to us and for us to lead and to grow us in the direction that we need to grow and lead in. I wanted to come on really quick to share that story, to show you how easy it is, how easy it is to move away from ourselves. Now, this group is called Finding You Again. And the reason I named it that is because that is the process. Not that we have ever left us. We have always been there. But it's a, it's a, the group is to help you find who you are, who you were before all of this stuff, before all of the conversations, before all of the criticisms, before all of the complaints and, and everything else that our you know friends, family, strangers, whomever, feed to us before all of that is to help you find who you were when you were placed here, your purpose here. That's what it's about. And I just wanted to tell that quick story so you can see how easy it is, how something can happen almost every day in your life. If you don't, if you're not careful, if you're not aware, something can happen. We all have this stuff that has happened. We've all had things said to us and done to us. And, and, and we don't realize that we are still attached to it. And when you're still attached to stuff, you make decisions based on that attachment. This is the reason why I created the retreat. This is the reason why I, I, I create the events that I create. It's the reason why I created the group because I know that when you are able to release, that it's a freedom. It is a freedom in it. It's a freedom in, in moving forward and manifesting a better life and in, in manifesting healthy relationships and recognizing and understanding that I don't have to stay in this just because I'm fearful of what may or may not happen. That is why, that is why I do what I do. Aloma Solutions offers coaching 
retreats, and other events to individuals and couples, assisting you in regaining authentic self-love as well as healthy relationship solutions. Owner Trina Bryant is there to guide you step-by-step into releasing the blocks and limiting beliefs that are stopping you from living and loving in a true, authentic way. Aloma Solutions offers no-cost consults to discuss and determine what programs can be offered to you in your self-love journey. To connect with Trina, or should you have any questions or comments, please email Trina at admin at alomasolutions.com. To make an appointment, please click on the link below. Your transformation awaits.